You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D, and welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Brian Cat Catanzaro and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on YouTube, on iTunes, on Spreaker, Facebook, or on Twitter. We're definitely not hard to find. We are here kicking off our NFL draft season several weeks before the draft, taking a look at our top five players that we're looking at with the number 22 pick. I'm sure that'll change as the draft approaches. I'm sure my board will look very different from Paul's board, too. But before we get into that, there are a few players here that we're going to take out of the conversation because more than likely if they fall to number 22, it's for a very specific reason. Either something happened off the field, an injury, something like that. So here are the players that we are not going to include in this discussion. Running back Leonard Fournette, defensive end Miles Garrett, defensive end Solomon Thomas, cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, defensive tackle Jonathan Allen, and safeties Jamal Adams and Malik Hooker. It's not impossible that one of those fall to 22, but if it is, probably for a very specific reason. Paul, one player that we're not going to include and not going to push away from conversation on the number 22 pick is Alabama linebacker Reuben Foster. To give you a little bit of background, Reuben Foster had a little incident after a great career at Alabama at the NFL Draft Combine where he was actually sent home after an argument with somebody on the medical staff. Foster also measured it and only six foot, 233 pounds, obviously plays a lot bigger as middle linebacker. Seems to be all over the board here for teams here in the first round. Yeah, I honestly don't expect him to be available at 22, barring something unforeseen, like say he gets caught smoking pot through a gas mask on a video that surfaces five (laughs) minutes before the draft starts, which we've never seen happen before. So we can't Fully exclude him, but for me, and I know for you as well, it's one of those scenarios where, barring something like that, a team is going to take him before the Dolphins select. Barring a trade-up, a team is going to take him before the Dolphins select. So he he may have gotten excluded from some random team in the top 15's draft board, potentially based on 
back alley discussions, you name it. But in terms of this exercise, it, we can't include him. I'm with you. And again, if he falls to number 22, like you said, it's it's probably for a big specific reason. So let's let's get to our top five boards, Paul, and start with your number five. My number five here is actually Caleb Brantley, the defensive tackle. I know he's got some pass rush ability. I know he's kind of similar in ways to Jordan Phillips. Miami needs some defensive tackle depth. He's a guy that could come in here and be part of that rotation and give you that ability to plan for the eventuality that Sue will eventually retire and move on. And then you've got two young defensive tackles that really could be in the mix for years to come. And and I really like the way that that could set Miami's defense up in the middle and, and really do a lot in terms of the run and the pass from the defensive tackle spot. Interesting. I like Brantley a lot too. 6'3", 270, or excuse me, 297 pounds out of Florida. Quick and active defensive tackle. And he could be a really good complement to Jordan Phillips as our future D-tackles. Uh, my number five is going to be from the same school, just at a different position, and that's going to be Quincy Wilson, the cornerback out of Florida. Now, I'm very big on best player available at those spots. So cornerback isn't the Dolphins' biggest need, but he reminds me a lot of Xavier Rhodes, who was drafted by the Vikings a few years ago out of Florida State. Was a little bit raw when he came out of Florida State, but has turned into an all-pro cornerback. And I think Quincy Wilson, if you give him a couple years too, Big body cornerback, a physical tackler, can line up with a lot of those big receivers that that the Dolphins see throughout the year. So I think Quincy Wilson is is would be my number five as a best player available. Paul, uh, moving on to number four, I'm going to go with defensive end from Michigan, Taco Charlton. He tends to be all over the board as well. There's a lot of uncertainty with him. He's six six, two hundred and seventy three pounds. For being a tall, angular type of guy, he's pretty stout at the point of attack. He's long limbed, but he really is a project. I mean, before this year at Michigan, he only had one sack in his first three years there. But his final year, he had nine sacks in his last ten games. Definitely has the physical ability to pull it off. But he's a player that I could see going top fifteen. I could see him going mid to late second round. There, he's all over the board there. So, Paul, who's your number four guy? For me, and this is all based around the fact that Zach Brown, at the at the time we're recording this, is not on the Miami Dolphins or the Oakland Raiders. He's basically milling about while this Womble guy spouts off on Twitter. So for, for me, the next two really are both linebackers. And one guy that I keep falling a little further for every time I watch tape on him is J.J.'s little brother, T.J. Watt. Linebacker out of Wisconsin, he can rush the passer and really does a lot of good things out there and could actually give Miami a young linebacker to mix in with Kiko and with Timmons in the middle. So I like T.J. Watt. I think he's a good player, and he's number four here for me at 22. T.J. Watt's somebody I was thinking about, too. He's growing on me a lot, not just because he's J.J.'s younger brother, but 6'5", 250. For the Dolphins, really could line up and uh, on first and second down, be that strong side backer and then be that pass rusher on third down. Um, he's growing on me, reminds me a lot of Clay Matthews uh, and, and how he's a, and his physical traits and, and what he can actually bring to a roster. Uh, number three, Paul, let's go ahead and run with yours. Number three is Hassan Reddick. I know for a lot of Dolphins fans, he's number one on the board, but he's another guy that could step in and, and, and fill those roles at linebacker that Miami needs and have that little bit of injection of youth to help Miami set up for down the road as well as right now. Uh, 
as we as we record this, outside linebackers a big hole on that defense. I know if Koamisi's healthy, if Devil Hewitt can step up, there's a lot of ifs there. And either Reddick or TJ Watt would take a lot of those ifs away on that defense. Yeah, and kind of in that same role where Reddick could be that third linebacker in the stand-up position and on third down really get after the quarterback. T.J. Watt fits that bill. Hassan Reddick does. So does Tack McKinley, and he's my number three player out of UCLA. 6'2", 250, great sack production. And uh, Todd McShay actually made the comment that he is, in terms of pursuit and being a relentless pass rusher, the effort that he gives is is pretty rare too. So he's somebody that I think I, I think he would be more of that heir apparent to Cam Wake as our fourth defensive end, but really give the Dolphins four strong, well-rounded uh, d- defensive ends out there too. Number two for me is going to be another cornerback, and again, I I'd like to reiterate that I cornerback is probably fourth or fifth in terms of needs, but because I like best player available so much in these drafts, I'm going to go with Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback from Alabama. He is a player that he, he struggled a little bit this year with the ball over his head, so he did give up some deep passes, but rare athleticism, was coached by Nick Saban, so you know he's going to come in NFL ready in terms of his of, of the mindset that he's going to bring to the game. And I, I think that in the Dolphins scheme, that if, if you want to play off a little bit with those corners, cornerbacks, then Humphrey would be a rare player with the ball in front of him. So you look at how Byron Maxwell plays, where, where Maxwell, you know, he, he can play bump and run, but when he moves off the ball more, he has a hard time reacting to that. I, I don't think Mar- Humphrey would have that same struggle. He's also a turnover machine, too. So I, Marlon Humphrey is somebody I would really consider as a best player available there at number 22. Paul, who's number two on your board? Well, number two on my board is the only offensive player I actually have on my board. I hate the fact that I have him on my board, even though anybody that's listened to our show for a while knows I'm usually big on offensive linemen in round one. I hate the idea of going offensive line out of need this year, mainly because there's so many dynamic and outstanding defensive players that'll still be on the board when Miami picks at 22. But for me, the offensive guard position still has a giant scathing scarlet letter on its chest and we need to fix that so for me i I did go ahead and throw forrest lamp into my list here i'm guessing you're going to have him coming up as well but he he just he fills that need he's such a strong player and he really would give miami's left side of their offensive line stability for the next four or five years i'm with you um forrest lamp is number one on my board and taking a look at a few of the collective mock drafts um, the Sun Sentinel, Dave Hyde, had the top 10 uh, first-round mocks, and Forrest Lamp was in four of the 10. Part of me believes that Mike Tannenbaum is not going to go guard in the first round. I think, like we talked about before, they are going to go the cheap route of guard. I don't agree with that decision, but Forrest Lamp, if he's there at 22, unless somebody falls unexpected, would be my number one guy. I mean, for a couple of reasons. He's six four three ten. He's played left tackle. He's able to play guard. And these guys that have his physical traits tend to go on to the NFL and be all pros. Kind of in that Zach Martin, Marshall Yonda role. 6'4", 3'10", ran a five flat, 34 bench reps, a good kid. He dominated senior bowl week. And typically when a player like this has checkmarked this many boxes, he becomes a dominant player in the NFL too. But you look at the market, Paul, at left tackle and left guard now. You've got 
again, you've got Matt Khalil, who has been bad for the Vikings, who just got a $12 million, $11, $12 million a year contract. You have Ron Larry, who's been a good but not great guard, getting paid by the Broncos $9 million a year. If you're telling me that for the next three or four years, you're going to have Laramie Tunzel and Forrest Lamp as your left tackle and left guard for rookie contract, it allows you to spend money on a lot of other positions. Paul, who's your number one guy? Yeah, I know everybody out there is drooling over Jabril Peppers. I'm glad to see you didn't have him on your list. I definitely don't have him on mine. I've got Obi on there. I know you've heard me talk about him a lot, but everything about this guy, the fact that he's got the speed and length and ability to play corner, but really, truly is a safety, 6'4", 224, with the coverage abilities as well as the run support abilities. What Miami would be able to do from that safety position with him and Rashad Jones for the next four or five years playing next to each other and with him being the heir apparent to the the secondary behind Jones is just absolutely amazing to me. Miami plays with two linebackers on the field more than anything. So for me, the safety spot makes even more sense. And when you're playing in a division with guys like Rob Gronkowski at tight end, so you're going to be facing him twice a year if he's healthy, you need to have a big-bodied safety that can stay with him, if at all possible. If Miami drafts Jabril Jabril Peppers, it's going to be a joke watching him cover Rob Gronkowski twice a year, even if the scheme is not to have him do so. We all know Bill Belichick is going to create those mismatches where and when he can. And if he can line up 6'5", 265, freak of nature Rob Gronkowski in such a way that he even ends up being covered by a Jabril Peppers three or four times a game, those three or four plays a game, we're going to hate more than anything else out there because I don't care if Jabril can stay with him. Gronkowski's going to be able to high point it with him there. He's going to use his strength to pull that ball in, and then he's going to basically one-hand arm chuck this little flea off of him. It's just not good. And to have a big-bodied safety like Obi, somebody that's still an ascending player at this point, even with his little bit of rawness, just makes 100% sense, especially given the way Miami schemes their defense, where they've only got the two linebackers on the field most plays. Yeah, I'll tell you, my prediction as we head up to the draft is that Obi's not even going to be there at 22. I, I think he'll actually end up going higher because if, if teams are looking legitimately looking at him as an option at cornerback, then he's definitely not going to be there. I mean, he would be one of the he'd be, be the biggest cornerback in NFL history. And with 4-4 speed on top of it, and as a backup plan, you can move him to safety. I, I think teams will look at him as a safety, but I'm I'm more confused at this point why, why Obi's not projected to go a little bit higher, given the, the physical traits, and he's a good kid. And I've watched a lot of film on him. He's not somebody that misses many tackles, is always in position. He covers a wide range of the field. Maybe not as quick twitch as you'd like because of his size, but I'm willing to take the rest with that. Um, I, I mean, I do like Jabril Peppers a lot, but I, I do think he's a little overrated too. And for the Dolphins, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, we need a free safety. Rashad Jones, needless to say, is not going anywhere. I mean, he was signed to a huge contract extension. And Mm -hmm. if you draft Peppers at 22 and have him at free safety, where he's the last line of defense, you're asking him to do something that he doesn't want to do. And that's be that Chris Clemens of the defense, where he's the last line. And that doesn't work for me. And free safety, I don't think works for Peppers in general. I mean, let's talk about, I mean, let's, let's understand that Jabril Peppers in college had one career interception. Now, a lot of that is because they moved him around a lot. A lot of it because he was more of that rover, that Rashad Jones of Michigan's defense. But, no, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him to be the free safety. That's why I had him off my board completely. 
Paul, uh, looking at the rest of this first round discussion, is there anybody else that you almost put on the board? For me, I, I did almost put a corner on my list. I know you had two of them on yours, but Adoree Jackson out of, out of USC. He There's something about this kid I like. I expect him to be available when the Dolphins pick. I know a few mocks had him going one or two picks before. Plenty of them had him going one or two picks after. But like you said, it's you can never have enough corners out there. And for me with that, it's I did flirt with the idea of putting Adoree Jackson on my board, but I just couldn't do it, mainly because the depth at corner in this year's draft is so unbelievably good. There are going to be corners in the second, third, and fourth round of this year's draft that get picked and get looked at in a year or two as steals, absolute steals of the draft, mainly because of the logjam at the corner position. The only other thing I thought about, I thought about a guy like Njoku at tight end, but it just doesn't make sense with Julius Thomas now, with Anthony Fasano, et cetera. Like the resources that the Dolphins have already tied into the tight ends on the roster, it just didn't make sense to me because that's a guy that's not going to see the field a huge amount in year one. And that's what I want to see from a first round pick. I want to see them play, not sit out for a year. That's exactly what would happen too. I mean, yeah. OJ Howard at tight end from Alabama is somebody, I I think this is one of the most well-rounded tight end prospects I've ever seen come out. I mean, I think he's a legitimate first rounder. And Joku really has that special ability to go over the top in the vertical passing game, too. But you just have too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, not only at tight end, you've got Julius Thomas, Fasano, and Marquise Gray. You're already set there. In fact, you might even be overstocked right there as we are. But at wide receiver, you know, you've got Landry and Parker and Kenny Stills, and you've got to get Leonte Carew somewhere on the field. And how are you going to get Kenyon Drake his touches, too? I mean... So, yeah, it, it just wouldn't make sense. That's why we did not include quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, or tight ends, because it just didn't make sense to. Um, I, I'd say for me, if I were going to put another player or two on the board, it would have been Florida linebacker uh, Jared Davis. I, I like him more as a middle linebacker as opposed to a strong side backer because of his range. So I, that's why I left him off, but barely. And uh, Derek Barnett, the DN from Tennessee, uh, incredibly productive in the SEC. Going up against a- SEC competition, Over three years, Derek Barnett had 32 sacks, 29 tackles for loss, and this is a player who's only 20 years old, too. I think he'll factor very much into the discussion as the Dolphins get closer to the NFL draft. And over the next several weeks heading up into the draft, we're going to have C.K. Parrott on taking a deep dive with us into the Dolphins' positions of need, guard, defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have CK on. Make sure you follow us out there on Facebook, on YouTube, on Spreaker, Twitter. We've got a lot of really cool interviews coming up in the next few weeks, getting ready for the draft. Make sure you follow us out there so you can keep up to date on those. And I'm really excited for what we've got in store over the coming weeks. That'll do it for our NFL draft initial show. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it's on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side, side or the right, right side, and it must be uh, the fifth side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again. We rep our team, you can't change, stop, or ruin it. All we need is to figure what to do to win. Fans Radio, live and direct. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.